You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. We're back with Real Presence Live with Roxanne Solonen and Lynn Devitt. And, you know, almost every show there's kind of a theme that emerges, and sometimes we're not even aware of it, but this one seems to be motherhood, womanhood. Um, And so now we have another mother um, on the line. And again, we've talked about how motherhood isn't just, you know, biological. It can be spiritual motherhood, too. Um, But Carrie Bishop is someone that I met online. Uh, So... Twitter or X now, but back then it was Twitter, so we can still call it Twitter. But I think I, I caught an article. Uh, I, I don't know. It was single mom smiling. I just, I don't know what made me click. But when I started reading about her story, um, and she'll share a little bit more about that, but she, she was a fellow mother of five. And whenever you find another mother that's kind of been in the trenches with you or is, um, there, there's something that just draws you to that person. And, and, and she has a, a story that really touched my heart. And um, I ended up reaching out to her. And now we've met in person a couple of times. And we, we talk every once in a while and catch up on each other's lives. Um, she's been in Fargo. So uh, she came through on a trip one time and stayed in my house. And I, t- I took her to the Adoration Chapel, which is just, a Carrie, just if you remember that night, um, it's, we're, we're just right across the street from, from the cathedral there where I brought you that night. And so mm-hmm. that's where we're sitting right now. So yeah. you can kind of imagine. But anyway, um, I, I want to hear a little bit more. Well, why don't you, I know, I know about you, but um, tell our listeners a little bit. Introduce yourself and let them know where you're from and kind of maybe start a little bit into your story of, of um, single mom smiling. Sure, absolutely. Roxanne, I have to say, I'm so impressed that you remember that we met on Twitter or X or whatever it is. I completely forgot about that. Um, we do the March for Life together. I stayed at your house. I think of you as a personal friend and forgot that we met through those online connections, which I think are so valuable. Um, especially I'm thinking about that also because single moms are so isolated sometimes and you know, people say that those online connections aren't real, but I think they can lead to something real, which is another yes. message for single moms. Yeah. Um, but basically, my story, uh, goodness, um, I have five boys, and when I was pregnant with our fifth little boy, uh, my husband of 14 years suddenly announced that he was leaving. He told me on Mother's Day on uh, 2009 and kind of literally swept the rug out from under us. Uh, We had just renewed our vows on Valentine's Day. We had plans to go away together. Um, We just bought new dining room furniture. It was just incredible. Um, Where did this come from? (laughs) You know, I had just been made youth minister of our church, so I thought our faith was strong. You know, we went to Mass every Sunday. We held hands and prayed, you know, a quick prayer at the dinner table. We held hands um, as we went to bed each night. So it was kind of like, I, you know, what happened, God? Where, where, where did this come from? <laughs> um, I cannot begin to explain to you. I can tell you, you know, the financial details, you know, lack of child support, the house going into foreclosure. We did not get housing, like, you know, going to places and having them turn us down because I'm a single mom of, you know, five boys with a foreclosure on my credit rating. And, you know, I, I was a stay-at-home mom and just had been made part-time youth minister. So that was a sub not a job that will support a family of five, we'll put it that way. Um, so we were really financially devastated. I can look at numbers and give you statistics and things, but I can't still put into words what abandonment and divorce and crisis pregnancy and, um, you know, some of the traumatic factors that we went through does to a person emotionally, mentally, spiritually, in all the ways that really count. Um, 
And I think that's where, you know, kind of wrapping this all up quickly, I really struggled with my Catholic faith. Um, in fact, I left the faith for a little bit. I, you know what? I don't know if I actually left it. I would go to Mass still on occasion, but I also went to some non-denominational churches and some Baptist churches and some other things. So I was very fortunate in that I never thought that God had turned his back on us, never thought that, you know, he had abandoned us the way some people do. I never gave up hope in him, but I really struggled with Catholicism and thinking, like, what in the world? Where is the Church when I need them? Um I did, luckily. I Fortunately, I had a journey back to faith, um, and I'm praying that my children do that, too, someday. Uh, it, it was a devastating experience, and basically the way I started Single Mom Smiling was in part to process and to get the word out. I did not tell anybody about it. Um, I started two and a half years after my husband left, and things were still amazingly difficult and traumatic and um, you know, just going through pregnancy alone and then having a baby and then having to give the baby up to a man who had said some horrible things to us um, through the, you know, court system. They, they still awarded custody and things like that, partial custody, not not full custody, thankfully. But, um, you know, it was just, it was devastating. Um, so I started Single Mom Smiling two, year, two and a half years after he left. I did not tell anybody about it. So it was funny that you found me on Twitter because I think you were actually one of my first people that found me. Um, and I just prayed that God, yeah, I just prayed that God would send me the right people. And obviously he did with mm. you. Mm. Um, well, you know, Carrie, one of the things um, yeah. that just pulled me into your story was ha having been in that situation of be having a fifth child. And, you know, I think we were kind of struggling that year, too. And, um, and just seeing how you came back from that from that experience. I mean, obviously it's a lifelong process. It's not like you're, you're just back and everything's great. But the fact that you had been drawn into your faith at some point, even more, it, it, it continues to impress me how you have leaned on, on your Catholic faith, even though initially you were disillusioned with it um, somewhat. And as anyone, I think in that kind of crisis would be questioning a lot of things, right? I mean, you're, you're brought back to your essence. You're brought back to a place of just like being shattered. Um, but, but can you share just a little bit about, like, what did bring you back to, to your Catholic faith? Because I'm curious about that aspect of your story. Yeah, so, you know what, there's some moments that I have that I'm not proud of. Um, one of those was after my ex left, some things happened, and I got so upset and so angry, I took down every cross from my walls in my house and flung them across the backyard. And just said, God, you know, I, I don't know what you're doing here. I did everything. We have family that prays together, stays together. You know, I believed all the mantras. Like, what in the world are you doing? And I um, crawled across. And later that night, I ended up crawling across the grass on my hands and knees looking for those crosses. And I swear it was the Holy Spirit that just said, you know, go get them. Like, we are not giving up on you. I am, you're still precious in our sight. Um, so that deepened my strength in faith and in God. Um, as far as the Catholic Church, that's a little bit more in-depth. Mm -hmm. um, but that, that, that so was the story that I read. That was, that was the okay. one where I was like, wow, like it, it is that moment where we realize our vulnerability and, and like the very thing we're trying to toss aside is the thing, Jesus, that right. is trying to, that, that is there, that, that's everything to us. And you realized that and it's just such a powerful visual and I think for anyone out there who's struggling with something or feeling a loss of any kind to to, to realize you want to you want to get mad at God you can 
but but he's going to be there, right? Like, like a loving mother or a loving parent, yeah. right? So I, but right. that's just there's there's something about God's grace in there that that, and I think it's probably you know your your origins, your Catholic origins that brought you back to your sensibilities. But not everyone does that. Not everyone says yes. I'll give you another chance, God, <laughs> and you did. Right, right. Well, I think you know that's totally credit to him on that because I was not in a good place at that time. Um, and like I said, I did go to some non-denominational churches, which I thought were amazing. Um, I don't know if we have time to go into that, but we um, there's, there's a pastor who I went, led the non-denominational church I went to, and I went to his Grace 101 class. And one of the things he did was he put a big bullseye on a whiteboard and said, these are our core beliefs. And in the center, he said, we believe in the Trinity, one God, triune God. And I was like, okay, I'm good with that. And he worked his way out through the different layers of the um, bullseye. And on the outer layer, he said, These are, this is the music we listen to. And, you know, we do a little bit of Christian rock kind of things, but there are some people who like Gregorian chant, and there are some people who like, you know, Christian rap or whatever it is. He said the music doesn't dictate our beliefs, but that core center really does. And I was like, I, I'm on board with all that. Like, okay, I can go with different music that's Christian music. I can't um, discuss my try. I can't um, negate my triune God. Like, that's got to be the best. That's my core belief there. Um, and then from there, I started thinking, well, what are my other core beliefs? And I found out that it's not so much what the non-denominational churches and things taught, it's what they didn't teach that brought me back to Catholicism. And that was so important when I started realizing, wait a minute, the body of Christ, what does that really mean? Do I believe that, or do I not? Do I believe it's a cracker on the altar like everybody else does in the Catholic Church? Um, you know, what is the purpose of confession? You know, and I went to the, the pastor and talked to him about this, and he said that 70% of his congregation, and this is a mega church, it's a New York mega church, so it's not a Texas mega church, but there were probably 10,000 people at this church. And he said 70% of them were ex-Catholics. And that hit my heart so hard. Mm. I had to figure out if I was going to just be another one of those ex-Catholics or if I was going to dig in and see what there was um, to Catholicism. Mm. And that led you on a journey. And and, and I know, I, I just, again, some of the things that you've shared through the years about coming closer to Jesus through his one holy Catholic and apostolic church is has been very beautiful for me to to learn from to to see how you in a in a again just continued place of vulnerability carry because it's not again something that just like goes away there's always always challenges right. and every day so um from there uh you you have kind of started a, a ministry and so um we'll, we'll mm -hmm. talk more about that on the other side of the break um but i'm i'm curious to hear more about that because i think it's from what I understand, something that's your heart has been called more and more into that, and I'd like to hear a little bit about more about your survival, how how you went on, and what you did to to like feed your children, but also about your ministry <laughs> and how people can connect with you. So we'll we'll talk about more about that after the break. So stay tuned for more of Real Presence Live and Single Mom Smiling after this. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Living like the prophets. 
we can indeed recognize something of God's plan. This knowledge goes beyond that of my personal fate and my individual path. By its light, we can look back on history as a whole and see that this is not a random process, but a road that leads to a particular goal. We can come to know an inner logic, the logic of God, within apparently chance happenings. Even if this does not enable us to predict what is going to happen at this or that point, nonetheless, we may develop a certain sensitivity for the dangers contained in certain things and for the hopes that are in others. A sense of the future develops in that I see what destroys the future because it is contrary to the inner logic of the road and what, on the other hand, leads onward because it opens the positive doors and corresponds to the inner design of the whole. To that extent, the ability to diagnose the future can develop. It's the same with the prophets. They are not to be understood as seers, but as voices who understand time from God's point of view and can therefore warn us against what is destructive and on the other hand, show us the right road forward. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter, and be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. This is Lynn Devitt. And Roxanne Solonen. And we are excited to be here with Carrie Bishop, who has Single Mom Smiling. And we started this um, this talk with Carrie, and she shared a little bit about her journey of, of losing, well, I want to be careful, her husband leaving her, <laughs> and with five, um, four young children and one in utero, and how she um, went through some a lot of pain financial um spiritual emotional pain and now being back in the catholic faith and using i i'm, I'm thinking your catholic based faith as a sort of strength is that would that be a correct summary carrie oh absolutely absolutely right. yeah i could not be where i am and and you know what? i just want to go back a minute because one of the things that roxanne roxanne has said i think twice already was that, you know, that, I forget she worded it better than I'm going to, but she basically said, you know, that this is an ongoing healing process, that, um, you know, that some of this difficulty is still raw sometimes. And I think that's so important, that it's not a once-and-done, like, okay, I'm not going to snap my fingers and get better. There are days where, um, you know, absolutely wonderful, and there are some times where I still kind of feel, you know, like, oh, my gosh, what am I doing? Like, what, God, what are you doing with my life? And I think those are the moments he calls us back to the cross. I cannot imagine doing this without faith. And I lead a group of 700, almost 700 Catholic single moms on Facebook, and that is like a running theme with all of us, is how do you do this without having faith? I know even in a secular world, like we went to court, I was in court more often than I want to even imagine or want to remember, 
But one of the things that got me through was knowing that that is not my judge. My judge is in heaven. My judge is God himself. Jesus is my judge, and he's my husband's judge, too, and the other woman's judge. You know, he's all of our judge. But above the judge's head at the courtroom that I was in and something we need to fight for as a nation were written the words, "In in God we trust. And that is so vital to remember that it's God we trust. That those phrases got me through such hard trials in court. Yeah. So, Carrie, before before you got on, we were talking to a priest in the Fargo Diocese here about the Nativity of Mary, which the church celebrates um, tomorrow, and um, how beautiful it is that we celebrate the birth of the Mother of our Lord, and it brings to light. Um, this idea of a real person in the flesh, being born, being parented, and then growing to be the mother of God. And, and you know, I shared that, you know, I, I haven't always felt connected to Mary. I, I'm, I'm not sure that I always needed Mary as my mother. Um, I have a great mother. <laughs> but some of that changed when I became a mother. And, you know, particularly when my kids maybe had some different struggles, and I found myself really reaching out to Mary. So my question, and this is partly to tie into our earlier part of our show, is did, did you find a connection to Mary as you were going through this struggle? You know, I'm glad you asked about that, actually. I did. So I find in divorce recovery or abandonment recovery, crisis pregnancy, whatever it is, you can, there's a lot of forward and back, two steps forward, three steps back, five steps forward, four steps back. It's kind of going, you know, and you do make some progress over time. And then there are times where you just, like, jump up and you're, like, all of a sudden on another level where you're like, wow, I just made, you know, 100 steps forward and no steps back what happened and that was kind of what i did with mary what happened because i was the same way as you like i wasn't a big mary fan i'll put it that way um when i started really understanding jesus and started understanding the trinity and what the holy spirit had done for me i have such a strong connection i talk about the holy spirit being the most neglected um uh, pope benedict maybe somebody said that holy spirit is the most um, neglected member of the Trinity, and I have such a fondness, such a love and adoration for the, the Holy Spirit. When I started getting, understanding that, I really dug into that, and it felt to me like I was cheating. Like, you know, how could I love Mary? I already gave my all to God. Give my all to Mary just sounds insane. How could, how is that even possible? Um, what I ended up doing was a consecration, and I did a consecration to Mary the 33 days. And, you know, it was funny because I was teaching CCD classes, I was teaching confirmation classes, and every day that we did this, we got snowed out. I know in North Dakota you probably understand that. <laughs> little, so every day, a little, <laughs> a little. <laughs> you understand it better than I do. I kind of feel silly saying that because our snowed out was probably not the same as yours. Um, but every, every class got canceled and moved to the day I taught confirmation class. So every... Um, consecration class was canceled and moved to the day I taught confirmation. I was like, well, God, you must not want me to do this consecration because you keep canceling the classes and putting on the, on the one day a week where I have another obligation for you. Um, and the last, so I kind of did the readings, but I did them, you know, like, okay, I'm just going to do them in check boxes, which is really the way I lived a lot of my faith. Um, I'm a cradle Catholic, but I was a cafeteria Catholic and check boxes. I went to church every Sunday. Good. Check it off for my hour a week kind of thing. Um, my consecration, the last day was not canceled. The last meeting class was not canceled. And I went to it 
And I couldn't believe the number of coincidences, I'll use that in quotes there, um, that happened when, you know, I was making my confirmation or the uh, consecration or should have been making a consecration on the same day as my birthday, which I hadn't realized when I signed up for it. Um, I was turning the same age Mary was when um, she, when Jesus died. Um, I it's just all of this stuff was like, oh my gosh, God, what are you doing? And I ended up doing, going through with the consecration. I can't tell you how life-changing that was for me. Um, I know it's going to sound crazy, but uh, at the consecration, I wrapped my wedding rings up, mine and my husband's, who had left his, and put them on the altar with just a note saying, Jesus, I trust in you. I'm giving this all to you, God. And it was so freeing. And Mary has just been such a closeness to me. Um, you know, my kids, when they were little, they always talked about I was their second favorite mother. Mary was their first. And oh, that delighted me. <laughs> <laughs> Carrie, I have to tell you, my youngest son says that to me. I was just joking about it last. Oh, how funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, that's it's really a wonderful feeling to be like, okay, I'm, I'm okay with second place. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> Before we have to, I want to make sure that we have time, Carrie, to talk about what, what you want to offer women and, and also what you want to say to, to any women out there who have been abandoned. Because I think sometimes we, we, we look at single moms and we don't know the story and there might be judging. And I'm sure you felt that. I'm sure that was part Absolutely. of. Absolutely. Yeah. So sh- share a little bit from your heart, a message to those, those moms who don't want to be in that situation, who didn't choose to be abandoned. And who are, you know, just trying to make it work. And, and also then how, how you personally want to reach out and help them and how they can connect with you. Yeah, I think the number one thing is that when things get hard, dig into your faith. You know what? Being, uh, one thing I realized, because I had struggled in my marriage too, but one thing I realized is that the gift of being able to give love unconditionally is such a superpower. You know, you unconditionally love your children, unconditionally love even yourself. Um, so I just want to give that message of unconditional love, hope, forgiveness. Um, oh my gosh, I could go on and on about forgiveness and what that means in my journey to that. Um, but just, you know, detaching from everything else, that's another thing I've been praying for lately. It's just detachment, Lord, and it's taken such bitterness and such um, negativity off my soul. I can't, again, you know, it's so easy to talk about the financial aspects and things of the divorce the spiritual impact is so much deeper. And that's where people tend to run away from their faith when they really should be running to it. So I just want to tell women out there and and men too, because I want to say also that there are supports for single moms. And I speak to single moms because that's my background. But there are some men that are really devout Catholics and really good people that are really hurting from this. And they often don't have the supports that single moms do. So for anybody that's in this situation, I just want to say, you know what? What, there is hope. You are not alone. You are loved. I write that on pretty much everything I send out. You are not alone. You are loved. Like, we just need that message. Just, I hate to say drilled into us. I want to put it nicer, but just drilled into you. You have to say, you are not alone. You are loved. And if the churches are not providing you um, with the support you need, make eye contact. You know, a lot of times we feel like we are the ones that... Um, are neglected in our church, or we're the ones that are judged in our church. And a lot of times it's that people are curious, or they don't understand the situation. Once you open up and you share that vulnerability, people do tend to want to help and want to be good. People are basically good. They just are caught up in their own lives, 
and don't understand. If someone wants to get in touch with you um, and, and maybe begin that healing process, what, what would you suggest to them? Yeah, I would suggest uh, they can go to my website, uh, Single Mom Smiling, or they can send me an email at Carrie, K-E-R-R-I, at singlemomsmiling.com. Can I say one more thing, too, to our pastors and to our priests and church Absolutely. leaders? Yes. Okay. I just want to say that sometimes I feel like the single parents and the divorced are fighting harder for our marriages than some of the pastors. And an annulment is okay. I, I went through the annulment process, which is something else I can talk about. Um, it was not an annulment I asked for. It was one my husband asked for. Um, the annulment process is great, but really what we need to do is be fighting for marriage. And I think sometimes our pastors miss that. Yeah, and there's lots of different situations. I, I know you, you refer to to your husband, and, and I think, I, I'm assuming, is that how you still c- continue to think Ex- of him? No, Ex- I, yeah. I realized okay. that as I said it. Yeah, well, um, you were I'm talking about the past, yeah. Quickly, so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Carrie, I yeah. went out to your website yesterday, and I requested and received your free um, booklet on 10 questions oh, every please. woman uh, must ask herself, and I, I will should say, ask, right. should ask, yeah. And I, I think it's, I think it's, it's quite good. Um, and so I just wanted to bring that up too. I don't know if this is another one of those things that I shouldn't have brought up because you're trying to make perfect before <laughs> someone gets it. But, but I will say, I, I think that there are a lot of good questions, and it, um, it really helps us realize that, um, you know, we we, we all want to be looking forward. Um, one of the, I think, most impactful questions that I think would be good to um, to even kind of end on here is, am I asking to move to a future full of hope or to rehash my past? And I think that that's really something that, gosh, we all struggle with, right? And to make sure that that, that, that we're looking for a future of hope. And I, I feel like I'm, I'm hearing that in your voice, even if it's occasionally a half step back. Um, but I, I really appreciate you sharing your experience, being vulnerable in that way, having um, putting that out on the World Wide Web um, for all to see and to really help support women who are looking for um, someone else who's going through something similar. So thank you, Carrie, for being with us on Real Presence Radio. Um, next time you're in Fargo and you talk to Roxanne, <laughs> I will invite myself to have coffee with you. Uh, <laughs> Thank so. you so much. I would love that. Can I just say one thing too, really quickly? Um, I just want to give a shout out to my kids because their support has been incredible. And it's not just my story. It's our story because our kids are always affected. Absolutely. Absolutely. Right. Thank you, Carrie. We'll be in touch and you have a wonderful day. Thanks for being on with us. Yeah, today. and stay with us. Who, listeners, you. we have Paul Quinn from the Western South Dakota Catholic Conference will be coming up next to talk about the Bishop's Golf Tournament out in Rapid City, South Dakota. So please come back. Thanks. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network.